0: Welcoming your home improvement questions, either by phone or by text, as usual this hour, 651-989-9226. That's uh, either the phone call or the text number. Same one. Same number will get you in here. If you're in the middle of uh, some project, you want Andy to answer uh, that question, help you out, uh, do that. Call us or text us, 651-989-9226. Good morning to you, Andy. Good morning, Denny. How are you doing today? I'm doing quite well, and I, I... I wanted before we even pick up on any kind of home improvement question, I I gotta wish you a happy birthday.
1: Well, thank you, Denny. It's today, right? Appreciate that. It is today. Yes. It's had well, a, a lovely morning already.
0: It really is. Yeah, I, I, I just I wondered since your birthday now is uh, is, is is December fifth, were you ever kinda of shorted uh, people give you gifts saying, Well, this is your Christmas and birthday <laughs> birthday gift And were yeah, you ever shorted you know, like I, that or you know,
1: no, I, I, I don't. Uh, I don't, don't think I've ever really felt that way, to be honest with you. I think I'm far enough away from Christmas, and uh, you know, as uh, as we get a little older here, the birthdays mean a little bit less and less. But I do <laughs> yeah. share my birthday with my niece Emmy, so hmm. it's her birthday today. I'm Gonna wish her a happy birthday.
0: Well, fantastic! Adam's, happy uh, birthday, middle daughter. Oh, well, very good! Happy birthday. All right. Well, we'll we'll get uh, underway here. And as I'd like to do uh, for how many years now, Andy, I look at that forecast and I think about all your crews who are out there doing the great work that they do. And uh, this coming week is going to be no exception. We're going to be probably around 52 or so by midweek, at least here in the Twin Cities. That's got to help help the guys out, doesn't it? That's
1: yeah, a beautiful thing, isn't it? We're really well, excited about that. Uh, feeling very fortunate that Again, that uh, we're having another year, we're not dealing with a lot of snow. I was a little worried, you know. I was looking back at some pictures in October, and there was three, four inches of snow on the ground, like October like twenty second, twenty third, somewhere in there. I'm like, uh, I remember being pretty worried about the winter that we we're going to have with <laughs> how cold true. it was then. So it uh, it's been a nice surprise.
0: So it looks like November, at least uh, the extended forecast, the extended outlook, uh, the weather folks are saying it looks to be above-average temperatures for the month, the rest of uh, this month of December. So for folks who do have to work outdoors, that that, that is good news. Uh, What are the crews working on, speaking of that, these days? Probably everything.
1: Oh, you name it. We actually have asphalt roofing that is going to be going on here, you know, the second week of December, which is... A little bit later than we, we've been, but with that new shingle from GAF to ACZ and this wonderful weather we're having, we're able to do that. So there's really not much that we aren't going to accomplish over the next couple of weeks. Every one of my crews from interior remodeling, decking, um, siding, window, everyone is busy. We all have a nice little backlog. So just very fortunate that we are able to work and uh, continue to work here in December with everything that's going on.
0: If you have any kind of a question, could be about roofing, could be about insulation, whatever the case may be, uh, call us or text us. Andy will field those questions for you. Now, speaking of those GAF shingles, and we've had those put on our house—I don't even know how many years ago—that is that still true as far as a GAF with the fifty-year non-prorated warranty, which was really amazing.
1: Yes, and and coupled with window construction, you're also getting so you got the Golden Pledge warranty coupled with what we call the Golden Ticket. So. We, you're getting a 50-year warranty on the workmanship as well. So and it is a non-prorated warranty transferred to the next homeowner. And, you know, uh, over the last decade or so, I think we've had three warranty claims. And over with the, last warranty day, over the last 10 years? 10 years? Over the last 10 years, there has been zero out-of-pocket expense for the homeowner. And two of those people got brand new roofs, replaced was just a you know, every manufacturer has little stuff that goes on. We've done hundreds, thousands of roofs over the last decade. So I have only a couple of them go bad. We're at like a ninety nine percent rate.
2: So ninety nine point
1: eight percent of our roofs have zero warranty claims. That's kinda cool. And the ones that do, it doesn't cost a homeowner nothing.
0: I wonder why one would not have those kind of shingles on your house. I mean, they're just a fantastic product. Uh, what, what, what were you referring to when you were talking about this the latest GAF? What, what are those shingles about?
1: They're HDZ shingles. It's a new technology that they're using in the manufacturing process and how they're actually, they, they go together. They're welded or stitched together. So you, you have a much wider nailing area. And because of that wider nailing area, the chance of it blowing off is is much greater. Uh, or, it, the chances of it being able to stay on without the glue adhering is much greater because of that wider nailing area. So you're able to actually install those in colder weather because you can rely on them to stay on the roof and let the glue come set in. But like this week, Denny, we're going to have temperatures in the 50s. All the glue should activate, no problem. As long as you hit 40 degrees, typically, when you're installing roofing, the glue's going to activate and you're going to be okay.
0: Getting a lot of birthday wishes from the texters, Andy. I should alert you to that. That's great. Thank you for that. (laughs) Um, And here's one. Uh, It says, my question is about a roof vent that Andy mentioned on the market and the one Lindis uses. Could you please, texture says, give the name of the manufacturer so I can look it up. I'm not sure what they're talking about. Are they talking about the ridge vent or what kind of vent? I don't remember that.
1: Um, I believe he's talking about like brone vents and, and oh, okay. box vents, what, what we'll use. So any type of um, – I believe he's talking about like brone vents and, and oh, okay. box vents, what, what we'll use, so any type of pipe that comes through the roof or any type of vent that comes through the roof. Outside of the ridge venting, which we use, That's that's manufactured by GAF, is a company called Lifetime Tool. They're out of Texas. and one of the, if not the first person in the Twin Cities market to use that. And I know that a couple of the larger building suppliers are going to start stocking that. The one building supplier that we use, if you're interested in getting that, is Beacon Supply. They have a couple of locations throughout the Twin Cities. We buy almost all things roofing from them. So you can reach out to them and, and get yourself Lifetime Tool. We've done that with a couple of different products. We use a roof edge called quality edge, their infinity edge. It's I'm, I'm telling you, Danny, I really wish I would have thought, and I should, we should have invented this because mm-hmm. for whatever reason, roof edge is, it's one of those things that you see from the house and how the old stuff would go on. You really had to make sure your splices were spot on this new stuff. You can overlap at two, three feet. So instead of just cutting off a, a, a chunk. And throwing it on the ground and making sure that splice looks perfect, it really, I mean, the way this goes on and how much wider it is going up onto the roof, it's, it was a game changer for us. And again, it's one of those things that we were, were the first ones to use in the Twin Cities. And now multiple roofers are using it because it's, it's stocked now in, in at least three supply houses.
0: And you wish you would have invented it.
1: I wish we would have invented that. That yeah. was, So that's one thing that we should have thought of ourselves, you know, we can... A lot of times we can make almost all of our trim packages in house. We have a computerized brake. Most of our installers are, have uh, enough skills where they can use the brake on the job site and make anything. And the way this was designed, yeah, no, we should have thought of that. But it's just like anything. Um, I'm using a tool today, Danny, that I should have invented. This like what? New tool called the Milwaukee M18 Top Off. It's an attachment that any cordless battery, M18 battery from Milwaukee, you put this attachment on, and right now it's powering my laptop. Mm-hmm. And it has a regular plug in. I had a space heater going on one for an hour and a half. So basically, any corded appliance or tool that you have, you can turn into virtually a cordless tool. You don't have to run extension cords anywhere. You can bring just a battery, and there's a plug in adapter for it. You can run a TV for almost four hours off this battery. Whoa. It's pretty neat.
0: Whoa. i got to get me one of those. All right. Yeah, I'll tell you what.
1: $30, it turns your cordless tools into multiple tools.
0: Oh, man. Neat deal. Well, we'll be getting questions about that before this hours up for sure. All right. We need to take a quick break here, alerting uh, our phone callers and our texters. We're going to grab those phone calls and text messages when we return here on our Home Improvement Show brought to us by Lindis Construction. Every Saturday in the 9 o'clock hour here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show. Danny Long along with Andy Lindis from Lindis Construction, Uh, one 800 leaf if you want to get in touch with those good folks, or lindisconstruction.com. Andy, on your birthday today, Cindy in Minneapolis is calling in with a question for you. Uh, Cindy, Andy's listening. What's
2: your question? Uh, Yes, good morning and happy birthday. Um, Thank you, Cindy. Yeah, um, the reason I'm calling, I have a deck, pretty good-sized deck, and a gap between the deck and the fence. And it's a cedar fence. And uh, the guy that d- does the deck, or sorry, the fence staining for me, told me that he's seen some beginnings of some rot on the fence. And that's because leaves fall down there, and plus there's some dirt from a garden and so forth. So I talked to the fence company, and he had an idea. He said we could stuff um, rigid styrofoam in there and paint it or something to keep the leaves out but somebody else told me they didn't think that was a very good idea. And basically it needs to be cleaned out and that filled in um, somehow to prevent the problem from happening and to prevent um, further rot. And so I'm calling to see if you have any ideas on that and if Lindis would do that kind of work.
1: Um, yeah, we, we do all tor- sorts of uh, work with, decking, not so much fencing. I'm having a hard time visualizing exactly the the type of space here and why leaves are getting into it. But if that's an issue, there, there probably is a way to cover it up. Um, I'm not sure foam is the answer there. But if uh, my email is andy at lindusco.com, we're also available. Lindus Instruction, you can search on almost any social media and contact us that way. If you were to take a picture of it, I'm glad to take a look at it. And if I can't answer it, somebody in my decking department will be able to and will hopefully come up with a good solution for you. All
0: right, very good. All right, thank you for the call. And that leaves the line open if you want to uh, ask personally, uh, Andy, a question or send a text, same number, 651 uh, 989 Here's a text, Andy. says, happy birthday, Andy. I am remodeling a small unheated mudroom in an old farmhouse. I'm planning to put insulation, and then cheap nickel board or tongue and groove. Do I need to put plastic or something between insulation and the nickel board? Thinking of odors, beetles, if you'll be able to see the insulation between the cracks. What do you think of that?
1: Um, well, it all depends on the type of insulation that you're going to be putting on there. Um, typically, you have to have some type of vapor barrier if it's going to be heated area, so... I would, it all depends on the type of insulation that he's going to be going with. I wouldn't so much worry about bugs if you're going to be going with a pretty good tongue and groove. That's pretty tight in in how you do that. But yeah, um, if you were to look up the correct way to do the wall envelope when you are installing whatever type of insulation you are, it'll give you the exact way to install that.
0: Is there a time of All year... Texter- on the
1: outside of the house, too, Denny, there might be a vapor barrier already installed there. So if you oh, install yeah. that plastic over that, now you're going to be trapping a lot of the moisture in between the walls. So you've got to be careful of that as well.
0: Well, that's a good point. 651-989-9226. Is there a time of year when Lindus does not do foaming of a crawl space?
1: Uh, depending on if we can condition that area, you know, the, the foam in order to cure properly is going to need, uh, I think it's like 40 degrees Denny. So if, if we can condition that area and we have foam blankets that we can put around the exterior of the home, portable heaters that we can bring into the house. Now we can run it off this, these little, uh, portable space heaters off this little top off M18, uh, tool from Milwaukee. So it makes, it makes it a little bit easier. If we can condition the space, we can do spray foam any time of the year. But if we can't, then we might have to wait for warmer temperatures.
0: Warmer temps. Uh, texter is interested in uh, remodeling. And I well, I should remind the, our listeners that uh, if if someone needs, on well, this case, this Texter needs new bifold doors. Uh, assuming framing, they're saying, is correct, what's the estimated cost of bifold purchase and installation? If they were to call Lindis... Uh, with that free estimate, somebody would come out and do the measuring and all that, right? I mean that, that would then they'd have some specifics.
1: Yes, for sure. And not all bifold doors are created equal either. and depending on the millwork that you pick and the door that you pick, it can it can range in cost. And to be honest with you, Danny, I don't know if I've met a bifold closet door that I can't break. I uh, for whatever reason, I have the worst luck with those darn closet doors. Whether it's the track, the door itself, I'm a little rammy, maybe. But uh, yeah, the bifold doors in me go go back a long ways.
0: You know, I'm with you. I don't. For some reason, I, I have the same issue. Although, Linda's put in some great in a front closet of ours some great uh, doors that we got rid of the bifold and put some uh, you know singular doors that open up, and they're just great. So I don't have that issue. Uh, since we uh, got rid of the, uh, bifold doors. i tell you what, let's do this. I'll tell you what, let's do this. George is calling in from me, I know we have to break, but let's get George's questions answered. Uh, George, you're on with Andy Lindis.
3: Yeah. Hi Andy. Hey Andy, number one. Hey thank you. you. Uh, you, you did a roof for, uh, me, uh, boy, I guess it's a decade ago now, but, uh, the roof's still on and it's great. Uh, and your, your people were fantastic. Uh, I'm calling this morning oh, about you. my mom's house and, uh, uh, she's had a uh, pest control company servicing it for four or five years. And uh, we had some mice in her uh, laundry room. Um, and they went up in the attic and they found uh, some infestation. They located one hole outside the attic. Um, but they're suggesting spraying. A, a, it's a proprietary product called Orkin Therm, which is an insulating product, which has some pest control properties in it. Um, and um, then just leaving the mice up there basically, and letting them die off over time or go to other areas of the house. Um, and then another firm came out because I didn't really like that answer. Another firm came out and said, well, we'd uh, you know, take care of the mice there, and then you know, if you need more insulation, call an insulating contractor. Um, they didn't know about uh, this pest control insulation. But I'm wondering uh, what you know about that. And she has about 13 inches of uh, blown insulation in her attic. They say she needs uh, 18. Um, but do uh, w- w- you have any thoughts on that?
1: Uh, depending on 13 insulation, no matter the material, isn't, isn't going to be enough. If if the mice infestation is bad, now you've had a lot of people up in your attic trampling around too, so you're losing R value that way. A lot of times, Denny, when we, when we find rodent issues, there's a tunneling system throughout this insulation that is pretty vast. And not only, like this time of year, something that happens in houses is called stack effects. So think of it this way. There's a good chance that the air inside that house is go, getting sucked down this time of year as the pressure changes, as the temperatures drop, and it's coming down our walls. This is why you see these, those, those foam outlet covers and people replace windows all the time because they think they're drafty because they're feeling air coming out their trim. And what that is, is it's the, 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 you're, you're bringing, so look at your attic as a giant filter. So all that rodent dropping everything, all that air is going through that insulation. It can be coming into your house. So a lot of times we're going to want to take out all of the existing insulation And then we can do one of two options. If you have a vapor barrier, we can blow in new insulation over the top of that. But if you have no vapor barrier, it's an excellent time to maybe put down two and a half inches of spray foam. So you're taking care of all of your attic air sealing that way. And then we can blow in cellulose over the top of that. The fire retardant that's in the cellulose has a natural rodent inhibitor. They don't like that smell for whatever reason. So if rodents are an issue, we tend to use cellulose in the attic over fiberglass.
0: Okay. I hope that helps. Andy, we need to take a break and have a look at uh, that uh, forecast. And if you have any kind of home improvement, okay, I hope that helps. Andy, we need to take a break and uh, have a look at uh, that uh, forecast. And if you have any kind of home improvement question, we have almost another half hour to go, but don't wait. Uh, If you uh, have a home improvement type of question, call it in or text it in, same number, 651-989-9226. We'll have a look at that forecast coming up. Here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Stay with us. And welcome back to our Home Improvement Show. The birthday boy, Andy Lindis, answering your questions today, either by phone or by text, as usual. Uh, that is 651 989 9226, both the text number and the phone number. If you want to call in your question, we have uh, cleared the lines. All right, Andy, there's a a text that came in a bit ago. It says, high moisture levels in a single-story, fully remodeled cabin with a new crawl space. The floor in the crawl space is sand. Should I, Texter wants to know, put poly sheeting over that sand Mm -hmm. to reduce the moisture in the cabin?
1: Uh, You should have some type of vapor barrier in in your crawl space. That's, that's, yeah, it could be that, but you might have to run on dehumidifier as well. Uh, I'd like to know what the high moisture levels are. You know, as we get into the winter here, Denny, a good rule of thumb, and I think it's easy to remember, as it gets below freezing, 30%, is so about the same temperature as freezing is, is about where your humidity is. If you can get your relative humidity in your house as it gets below freezing, below 20 degrees in that 20 to 30% range, typically you're going to be okay. Where we run into problems is, you know, people have these whole house humidifiers, or these April air systems or crawl spaces that, that that have the moisture coming up to the floor. And, and as the temperatures get colder, our condensation rates happen. So that, that warm, moist air is meeting a cold surface and either creating frost or, or it's just going to go and make that area a wet area and start to eat away at whatever materials, maybe cause mold. A lot of bad things can happen. So... They're down the right path. They're talking about humidity in the uh, in the wintertime. They they know that they have a high humidity level. Just uh, sometimes run a, a whole home dehumidifier, like I have the Santa Fe system. And you know, it's, you know, they're not cheap. They're fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars for a really high quality dehumidifier. But I can really control almost my entire house, and this is placed in my basement, so I like it a lot.
0: How does, how is that run? Is it through your your whole uh, uh, forced air system or what? Nope,
1: nope. I, those are available as well, but mine's a freestanding unit in my basement. Mm.
0: And it does the and whole we're house back. Really
1: yeah, and we're really real diligent about running our bath fans too, especially in the wintertime. Um, you you need to get that shower air out of your house.
0: And you've said it in past shows, Andy, as I recall, that if, if someone's not sure what the humidity level is in their home from time to time, you can buy a humidistat pretty cheaply, right?
1: Yeah, you know, online anywhere from ten to twenty dollars. Um, but you know, go to your local Ace Hardware store; they'll they'll have a couple of different varieties you can buy there. And and if you spend the money, like I, I have a really nice weather system. I have a I have a unit that I put outside, but it gives me the relative humidity inside, outside, the wind speed, everything. And that was like sixty dollars. So I, I really like knowing all that information. Yeah. And I have one in my house and my garage.
0: Great info. All right, Andy, let's get back to the phones. I think uh, Todd is calling in from Ramsey this morning with a question. Todd, Andy's listening.
3: Thank you very much for taking the call. The question is regarding uh, ridge vents, roofing ridge vents. Uh, I see that there are kind of like two styles on the market. One is, I'll call it rigid, -rigid. semi-rigid. Looks like it's a form of plastic, and the other appears to be like a woven mesh that rolls out onto the ridge. Is there a difference and a preference, Andy?
1: Yeah, we use the Cobra snow country, um, Ridge vent. And that's going to be more like your rigid, uh, Ridge vent. There is a mesh that's underneath the, the high plastic or the hard plastic of that, that that rollout mesh sometimes have some issues, not only with how the ridge cap actually nails on and how steady you can actually get that, but can have some bug or rodent issues. And I just don't trust it as much as, as I do the Cobra. So GAF makes a really good, you know, plastic Cobra ridge venting. It's called Snow Country. And that's the one that we use.
0: All right, snow country. Very good. Hope that helped. 651-989-9226 is the phone number. It's also the text number. Speaking of texts, here's one, Eddie. It says, we had our bathroom remodeled this past May, speaking of uh, humidity, and had a humidistat put in. I really like it, Texter says, except it sometimes has a drip. After taking a long shower, it shows on the bath mat in a line. Any ideas what may be the problem? Hmm. No idea outside of
1: maybe this is close enough to the shower where the steam from the shower is condensating on the screen and, and, and dripping just like almost any surface in your bathroom. If you're not running your bath fan or running the shower outside of that, a humidistat shouldn't be, it's not like it gathers water. I've never, I've never had one drip on me. So I, that doesn't, it must be surface, condensation of some sort.
0: Mm, sounds like it. Yeah. Dexter wants to know if, if they call Lindis for a bathroom remodel, I, what's the process? This uh, They want to know. It's a nine by six uh, shower and tile and they want, you know, there's some variables there. So you, you're you not going to give them a figure right now. Easiest way is for them to call Lindis and have somebody come out and, you know, measure do all the details, right?
1: Yeah, um, nine by six bathroom. You know that's that's a relatively small remodeling job. Uh, hopefully, with that's like you now depending on the countertop and the vanity and everything that you choose, it might be a few day job. It could be a couple weeks job if you're getting custom countertops in there. And but Eric's going to come out. He's going to go through the design process with you. If we need to get our interior designer involved to help pick out the materials that are going to be used, the type of tile that's going to be used, because I mean you really can run the gamut. And when it comes to pricing. That's going to be on the finishes and, and the materials that you choose. The labor, it can vary a little bit, but like the materials in a nine by six bathroom denny can probably range anywhere from five thousand dollars to uh, if you really, really went on the high luxury end to maybe even forty fifty thousand dollars.
0: Oh yeah, it, I it really
1: you, you could spend that much money if you really wanted to. Now. Is that a typical bathroom model? No, not by any means, but teach their own, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to come out and give you a custom price for your custom bathroom.
0: I knew we were going to get questions about this because earlier in the show you mentioned this uh, special uh, battery that turns many tools into cordless. Uh, for those that didn't hear it, it kind of. I, mean, I know you're not trying to sell this, but uh, what's, it sounds in- intriguing to me. Uh, explain what's, what that's all about. Give us a description.
1: No, and, and if anybody you know walks into my truck or my garage, they, they often ask if I'm sponsored by Milwaukee, but I'm not. <laughs> I do get free batteries every now and then, and I feel very lucky and fortunate to get that to happen, thanks to my good friends at Acme Tools. But the M18 top-off, it's an attachment to any cordless battery that Milwaukee makes on their M18 line of tools, and this attachment has a regular plug-in. It also has a USB-C port and a regular USB port. So you, like right now, it's, it's powering up my MacBook Pro. It can charge your iPhone and run a fan, uh, a, a space heater, a TV for, I think, uh, if you have the, the 12.0 battery, it runs the TV for almost 280 minutes. So that's that, So any any power tool that you have that has a cord where, that you would normally run a cord out for, you essentially... Just have this battery that you, that you can plug into. It's it's a really neat idea. I should have thought of this. You know, I've had cordless tools in my life for as long as I can remember, and it just makes a lot of sense. Why it took so long for one of the manufacturers to come up with something this awesome? But uh, I immediately bought ten of them. And if you're on my Christmas list, you probably already know what you're getting now.
0: <laughs> now, it's called an M18.
1: The the M18 is a line of tools Milwaukee makes. The actual tool is called the Top Off. Top It's a 175-watt power supply.
0: What big is it? What's the size of it? What are the dimensions of that uh, thing?
1: So it's about the size of a normal cordless battery. So Milwaukee makes on their M18 line anywhere from a 2.0 battery to a 12.0 battery. The larger the number, the bigger the battery. And I've been powering different things with 3.0s to 12.0s just to see how long. It will last, and I got a little uh, space heater running for about an hour and 20 minutes now on a 12.0 battery, so I've been pretty impressed with that.
0: That's really something. Top off. Milwaukee makes it. Okay. Very good. Uh, I tell you what, let's do this. We need to take a quick break here. If you have any kind of a home improvement question, don't wait. We have uh, a matter of minutes left in the show. We can take your phone calls and text messages, and we have some of those, too. We'll uh, get to when we come back. In uh, just a moment. The forecast, maybe a few uh, rain showers, snow showers after, but very small chance late this afternoon. Right now on CCO, it's 25. And welcome back to our Home Improvement Show. We are around every Saturday here on CCO in the 9 o'clock hour. Thanks to our good friends at Linda's Construction. You want to get in touch? Uh, dot lindusconstruction.com, L-I-N-D-U-S, or call them at one 800 leaf All right, speaking of phone calls, uh, Andy Lindus, Aaron is calling in from St. Paul with a question. Uh, Thanks, Aaron. What is your question for Andy?
3: Good morning. I have an older home in St. Paul, a two-story, where the upstairs, the back half, has been unfinished space. I've had uh, open-cell spray foam insulation uh, put in there, but I don't have it in the entire upstairs. Being with that open cell and not closed cell, should I be putting up a vapor barrier before putting up sheetrock in those areas?
1: I believe so. I'm not as familiar with open cell as closed cell. In fact, um, boy, oh, boy, I don't know a lot of people still using open cell spray foam. I, I, You know, there was a company that was using it in walls a long time ago, Denny. You know, there would be drill holes in walls. In oh, yeah, sure. Walls. Remember that. It was creating a lot of issues, and, and my understanding is open cell can have some moisture problems, and, and you may, I'm not, I wish I had a better answer for that. I'm guessing my insulation people will probably be texting me right now, but we use a closed cell, and then that that is the vapor barrier. But I'm not, I don't know the answer to that, to
0: be honest with you. Hmm. Here's a question. Find that out. Yes, we will. Um, a texter asked this question. Uh, is it okay to run a furnace exhaust pipe under a deck? Hmm. Uh,
1: Depending on how far under the deck, where it's exhausting. So the big worry would be what type of decking you have. Now, think about that exhaust air. That's going to be, it's going to have some moisture in it. And if you are putting that into a closed-off area, eventually that's going to cause issues. So I I probably would not do that. Now, if you have a composite deck, it might not cause any issues with it rotting out or causing any harm. But what it's going to cause in the wintertime is frost up.
0: So, and And
1: a composite deck that gets frosty is a composite deck that is very dangerous. I told you, I love my Zuri deck, Denny absolutely love it but this time of year when we're getting this you know these 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 temperatures that vary from 50 degrees to 25 degrees at night or whatever it gets down to
0: yeah
1: um at times can make that that composite deck pretty slippery and dangerous and i told you this is how we leave a house i love you have a great day don't kill yourself on the deck
0: (laughs) and just remind each
1: other because it's it's how we get in and out of my house that was your main love my deck it looks like the day we installed it I think Zuri aesthetically is as good as any decking gets, but it does get slippery this time of year.
0: Keep that in mind. Dexter says, I have a 13 year old water heater and want to get a new one soon. Do you have any experience with heat pump water heaters? I continue to hear good things about them. I have no experience with those. How about you, Andy?
1: Um, We I do know one person that did one, that, but it was recent, so I, don't, I honestly had just heard that they were doing that. So I don't know, don't have a lot of experience with it. We, we've installed a, a wide variety of, of water heaters, and I, at my house I have a, a normal gas-powered one. And then I have the, the inline on-demand water heater that, that I really like as well. But I know some customers have really good luck with uh, electric water heaters. As far as efficiency goes and keeping your water warm, those electric tanks seem to do a pretty good job as well.
0: All right, Very good. This dexter says, I have a five-foot by eight-foot bow window with five panes that needs replacing. Could I replace with a bay window? Hmm. Any advice on the type of window to pursue? Well, if somebody wants to replace a bow window, as a five foot by eight foot, what would you recommend they do, Andy?
1: Um yeah you can replace it and for for me you, you you should be able to get a custom window made to fit that opening whether it's our infinity window by marvin or our season guard window and there's going to be roof packages and soffit packages that that come with it to make sure that it's insulated well i wouldn't try to replace each one of the panes in a boat window if those are going bad chances are the framing and the air infiltration and all the other things that that have to come into consideration when you're installing that you you You're going to be much better off replacing that. Once you go through those expenses to replace every one of those panes and just the the sashes, you must be might be better off just getting a new bowl or a new bay window. And the problem with the bay, it might project too far out, so you might have to build a roof. Depending on how close it is to the soffit, there might be a suspension system that we have to install there because of weight as well.
0: Yeah, in fact, maybe this is a good point because I was talking about it earlier this morning. The special, the fifty percent off labor. If somebody needs new windows or what else, Uh, gutters, uh, GAF shingles, uh, right? Any of those things, uh, this is the time through the rest of this month, right?
1: Yeah, and it's an extra time to get a free estimate. And I'm telling you, the difference between a bay and a bow window, when when you do it the right way with the right window manufacturer, the amount of natural light that you can bring into your house instead of having five windows. So think of all that framing, Denny. You're taking away two windows, so you're essentially adding another almost a foot of width of glass space. So when you factor that in, you might be talking about another 10 feet square feet of, of total glass space. That's a lot of more natural light that you're going to be bringing into your house. So sounds like a cool project. And right now we have about as good a deal as you can get on windows.
0: Well, I should say, yeah, again, the 1-800 leaf guard or dot com. by all means. Yeah, this is a great time. Um, There's a text that says, hi, Andy, I am looking at heating my garage, which then requires me to insulate the garage. I've talked to a few contractors, have gotten mixed messages on spray insulation versus fiberglass. Uh, Any preference for you on that point? We have living quarters above the garage if that influences your thoughts at all. It does.
1: Um, if there's living quarters above the garage, I'm probably going to be looking at a spray foam option. Same with that that, that house in, in St. Paul. I'm, I'm assuming that you're, you're spray foaming then the ceiling, essentially creating a conditioned roof or a hot roof. So you're not going to be having any ventilating that's going to be happening on that roof. When that's the case, you just can't get to the desired R level with fiberglass or cellulose. So closed cell spray foam is usually the better option.
0: Okay. Another garage question. I have a garage connected to my home, which is sheetrocked inside, but there's no insulation in the ceiling. Can I use, Texter says, plastic encapsulated bat insulation above the sheetrock in the ceiling between the joists without having a vapor barrier in place? There is not a vapor barrier existing between the sheetrock and the studs.
1: No, you you should install a vapor barrier. No matter about the plastic encapsulated anything, just... uh, if you're going to heat that garage, and remember the amount of, of you're bringing the elements in every time you open up that garage door, so managing your humidity and everything that melts off your car that can go up there, it's a vapor barrier is something that I would install there, and that's why it almost makes most sense on these retro jobs to to look at a spray foam option up there, and then you don't have to get to an R60 with the spray foam. That, in fact, it's not even worth it typically to do that. But you put down an inch and a half of spray foam, one, it's, it's going to create the, a, a much stronger ceiling. I know they don't like you to talk about the structural effects that spray foam has, but it, it is there. And you're creating all the air sealing that you need. Now you can just blow in cellulose over the top of that. So you're getting the best of both worlds. You're getting the air sealing, you're getting the cellulose, which has rodent control problems, which in a garage is something you should think about. And it's, it's an insulation job that you're not going to have to add to down the road. And that's what we see a lot. For a little bit extra money, maybe 10 to 20% more on the total spend, you can have an insulation job that's going to last you 20, 30 years where you're not going to have to worry about it.
0: Good point. Texter says they have a cabin in northern Minnesota. Seems to have high humidity in three-foot crawl space. No obvious signs of water leaks, but worried about it creating mold. Checked around foundation for leak spots. Cannot find anything. How do I figure out where or what the issue is?
1: Well, um, crawl spaces are going to be that you know they're going to be that musty, damp area. That's just how how they're designed. I mean, you're, you're talking about dirt floor that never gets sun, so it, it's going to have that 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 smell. So you can either spray foam the entire floor, the walls, the ceiling, encapsulate that area. You can vapor bury it with plastic and run a dehumidifier. But usually you have to condition those spaces in order to get rid of that humidity, If that's unless you have the one of the lucky ones that just has the right soil that, that, that isn't causing any of those issues.
0: Well, here's a listener that uh, that thinks you have a lot of power. It says, any suggestions on how to make it snow one week before Christmas and one week after Christmas, and then have the temperature be seventy until spring. <laughs> Can you arrange that, Andy? Boy, would you get a lot uh, um, of work done.
1: I, you know uh, that would be a nice arrangement, but that's uh, it's out of my realm.
0: That's out of your league by, okay. by a
1: long stretch.
0: <laughs> and I'm with I'm with this one listener, Rick, who says, "How do I get on Andy's Christmas list <laughs> for the yeah. battery, the Milwaukee?" <laughs> And last oh, thing, oh, I have and,
1: more stuff coming from Milwaukee too. they have a whole bunch of stuff coming out. I'm do excited. They? 2021. You know, well, there were some things that were supposed to be launched this year that weren't because of uh, of COVID. I'm, I'm sure. assuming. And and so I think 2021 is going to be a really well, good tool year and
0: yeah, a, ban- a banner, a banner year from Milwaukee. Say we have to run, Andy. But happy birthday! Thanks for spending some of your birthday with us here on CCO. Appreciate that.
1: Uh, Thank you, Denny. Appreciate it. Have a great
0: day. You too. Andy Lindis from Lindis Construction. Next week, Luke Panic will be on for Andy. He is the deck expert and porch expert. So if you have any kind of a deck or decking question, uh, save it till next week, and Luke will help you out here on CCO. All right. In the Twin Cities right now, we could get a little moisture later on in the day, late, late this afternoon. Right now in the Twin Cities, partly cloudy skies, heading for the upper 30s. Right now it's 25.